I gave this talk in Brazil the last time we went, was 2016, and I just sense in my spirit, this is what God wants to say to you all tonight, based on what was being shared in the worship time. So Isaiah 55, verses 1 through 3, whoever has their Bible, if you could read that nice and loud so the mic can pick you up in the recording. Isaiah 55, verses 1 through 3, and whoever reads it, you're going to see you've already heard this tonight. <laughs> nice and loud. Come, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters, and he who has no money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk, without money and without price. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread, and your labor for that which does not satisfy? Listen diligently to me, and eat what is good, and delight yourselves in rich food. Incline your ear, and come to me, here that your soul may live, and I will make you an everlasting covenant, my steadfast love for David. Didn't we already hear that tonight? Yeah. Do you know that's a love call from the God of heaven to us? It's his love call to us. It was his love call to his people through the prophet Isaiah and that's his heart. He desired them. He desires us to this day. But how many here know when you get an invitation, don't you have to RSVP? How many RSVP right away? How many delay the RSVP? Think about it over and over. Should I go? Should I go? Should I, I don't know. The mind. What are you doing? The creator of heaven and earth is calling are you delaying? Because he's not. We heard him tonight. We heard him Sunday night, uh, Sunday morning too, through that word that Jesse gave. He wants to pour himself out on us. But there's some things we have to do because we still look to other things to satisfy us. And we come up empty over and over and over again, right? Yeah. So when you look at why God was sending out his love call to his people, Jeremiah 2.13 says, my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and they have built for themselves cisterns, broken cisterns which cannot hold water. Think about that. He is the living water. We heard he wants to fill us with himself. Waters of life. He wants to give to us and let it pour out to others. But we build cisterns, other cisterns that we drink from, and they have a bunch of holes in them. So we leak out. We leak out. 
And then we feel like, I don't have love for anybody. But it's because we're not drinking from the right fountain. We're not drinking from the right source. We could look to man or to other things, right, to find our identity or even our worth, especially as women. We're always looking to find our worth or value in someone or something, right? And what we've learned through the Bible studies we were doing on the faith, becoming women of faith, we're in Christ. What more can we ask for? We're in him if we've truly been born again. We believe, and we were just born with this, that happiness can be found apart from God. So we run here and there and everywhere, and we wonder why am I so stinking depressed or miserable inside? Or we could fall into self-pity or envy. Look, she seems so happy. Right? Or jealous. I wish she was miserable. She always smiling. You know how we get inside. I know I'm not the only one that has these evil thoughts running in my head when I'm not right. When I'm not right. So it's almost like God patiently waits for us. He patiently waits for us. And I see this in my own life, especially when I first came to the Lord way back in the 80s. Even though I gave my heart to the Lord, I still was looking to the world, my career, to satisfy. I got to make a name for myself. I got to do this. I got to do that. And it's like the Lord just sat there waiting for me, calling, still calling through people like he's still calling today. But waiting for me and it's almost like he's saying are you done yet have you had your fill will you come to me now how much longer before you return to me how much longer I haven't looked at this talk since 2016 but as they were sharing in there through praise and worship and the words that were coming, this came to me. And I said, Lord, I'm gonna see if I have it in the cloud. If I don't have it in the cloud, I'm gonna do my talk. And there it was in the cloud. So I know he's speaking to us. We're his bride, we're supposed to be his bride. A bride should be waiting for the bridegroom. It's obvious he's calling to us. He's calling out to us, but how are we responding? Because he said, if you seek me with all your heart, you're going to find me. He's not a liar. Haven't we been learning that through faith? Faith is in the faithfulness of God. He's not a liar. What he says, he does. But, you know, the problem is reality. There is pleasure in sin. There is. If we're honest, those of us that come out of sin, I mean, like, bad stuff, I was sharing with Erica, and she's like, you, <laughs> a couple of weeks ago. And I tell people, because even my nieces and nephews, we shared our testimony once with them. They're like, you guys? And we're like, what do you think we had to get saved from? Because we were good people? <laughs> 
I mean, we had it all together. We were wretches. I mean, we were evil. Reality is, wasn't there pleasure in sin? There was. For a season. For a season. And after we've indulged ourselves, right, how do we feel afterwards? Miserable. Beaten down. Unfulfilled because we were created for something greater than what this world has to offer. We were created for him. Isn't that good news, Molly? You were created for God. That's wonderful. He loves you so much. And he wants you to know him. So, I love the story about the woman at the well. Because that's me. I wasn't married five times, but I was living with guys and the whole thing that everything comes with that. Just looking to relationships. And for years I blamed it. Well, my parents got divorced. It was their fault that I was such a wretched sinner. Until I got saved and God said, no, you're a rebel. You want to do your own thing. You don't want me to be Lord over your life. And I had to agree with him, with the scripture and say, yeah, I sinned because there is pleasure in sin for a season. But I had to repent and start doing things God's way. So I love the story of the woman of the well because she is just a picture of us, really. How we look to relationships and they come up empty, right? Even us that are in this room that are happily married, isn't there still like an empty ache in there? Why? Because we're created for him. We could have the best marriage in the world, but still you realize there's more. There's got to be more. So when you look at the woman at the well in John 4, I'm just going to turn there. Just need to get that here. Because I just want you to see the conversation her and Jesus was having. And it's so amazing because he sat there waiting for this woman to come. And I think about how many times he might have done that in your life, sitting waiting, you know, waiting for you. Jesus said to this woman, if you knew the gift in John 10, four, chapter 4, verse 10, if you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. And again, we're hearing that tonight, right? He wants to give us living water. We sang it, send your rains. I need, I need the rain of your spirit. I need, I need your rain. And the woman said to him, sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where then do you get that living water? Are you greater than Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as well as his sons and his livestock? In verse 13, Jesus answered her and said, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give to him will never thirst. And again, we heard that tonight. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water, springing up into eternal life. 
And what he was basically telling her there, seek after the eternal rather than the temporal. Seek after the kingdom of God, the eternal things. But then what we see there, she responds to him by, she said, sir, give me this water that I may not thirst nor come here to draw. And Jesus said to her, now he pinpoints the idol in her heart, the other things that she's been looking to all of her life. He said to her, go call your husband and come here. And the woman answered and said, I have no husband. So now she just tells me that. This is one she's with. She's living with him. She's not married to him. And Jesus says, you have had five husbands. And the one whom you now have is not your husband. I mean, what was that like? Eyes of fire, pure love, looking you right in the eye, saying these words to you. How would you have responded to that? He knows me. He knows everything about me. I can't hide anything from him. He knows it all. You know, maybe she was looking for acceptance in those relationships, security, wanting to belong, to feel needed. I mean, think about it. What happens when we look to other people to meet our needs? What's been your experience? Disappointed. Yeah. Disappointed. Say that again. Over and over again. Over and over and over and over. I'm going to add a bunch of overs and over and over and over again. You think the Lord tries to get our attention in those times? Why are you looking to him or even to her? We could look to like, I want a friend so bad and chase women down and, but Jesus is saying, I'm here. Why don't you come to me? I have what you need. Why are you looking to everyone else? Because eventually they're gonna let you down. I've had to learn that the hard way over and over and over and over again. And it's almost like the voice says, are you convinced yet that I'm the only one who will never, ever, 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 ever fail you? Why? What are we learning about our faith class? Because he's faithful. Even as we watch the Voice of the Martyrs on Friday, and you know how many times I've said in the classroom over the years, God takes care of widows and orphans. I always say that, God takes care of widows and orphans. And one of those missionaries, what did she say? God takes care of widows. He's the bride to the widow, uh, the bridegroom to the, to the widow. And I'm sitting there and it like winning me. It's like, okay, Lord. You want us to really believe that. Even if our spouses die, he is a husband. He's the one that's going to take care of us. 
There's a bunch of missionaries from Voice in the Martyr that are testifying to that, and we saw that on Friday, how God takes care of them. We serve the same God, right? I know I've said that numerous times in class. We serve the same God that these women do, that the heroes of faith do. There's a quote that C.S. Lewis said, and it's, it's so true. Jesus will have us even though we have shown that we prefer everything else to him and come to him because there's nothing better now to, ha- to be had. Isn't that true? For those of us that were that woman that looked to relationship. Our heart gets broken over, 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 over again. And finally it's like, okay, I might as well try this Jesus. Right? Might as well try him and see what he's got. And then we realize, man, he's the one I was created for. He's the one. He's the one my heart is longing for. So one of the empty wells that we drink at that, you know, when we looked at the empty cisterns that Jeremiah was talking about is for us as women, relationships. That's an empty well there. Relationships. Unless you're drinking from the fountain of life, the true fountain of life that Jesus was revealing himself to be to this woman. And we know that she, that ache, that thirst that was in her heart we know we're satisfied because she left that well and she left her pail there too. She went running back to her hometown saying, could this be the Messiah? Could this be the one? Come and hear him. He told me everything about me. He knows everything about me. And Jesus went to her town. And as he started speaking with the people in her neighborhood, if I could say it that way, they realize he's the Messiah. He's the one. He's the one. The excitement that they knew he is the one that we have been longing for, but we've been looking in the wrong places to satisfy that longing. The second empty well we drink from that leaves us totally empty is the world. Just read into Ecclesiastics again. I love reading through that book because everything Solomon wrote is so true. Vanity of vanities, it's all vanity. It's chasing after wind. And you know, can you catch wind? <laughs> what happens if you, you can't? It's just out of your hand. It's empty. And Solomon was the richest man on planet Earth, and he said everything he saw. Everything his eyes desired, he was able to acquire. And he said, it's meaningless. It's all meaningless. He was the wealthiest man alive. He said in Ecclesiastes 2.10, whatever my eyes desired, I did not keep from them. I did not withhold my heart from any pleasure, for my heart rejoiced in all my labor. And this was my reward from my labor. How many of us can feel that way? I think about when I was in the world. I was telling Jeff the other day. I don't know why I was talking about this, but I told him, yeah, and when I was single and when I was younger, I did my vacations on my Amazon card. You know, I wouldn't dare do that now. But, you know, 
you think about when we had everything, I rejoiced in my labor. Well, I worked hard. I earned this. So I'm going to take a great club med vacation and just party on. But then what happens after vacation's over? Right? Did I even take vacation? <laughs> Did we even go there? Good thing we took pictures because it seems like a distant memory from another time warp space thing. It's empty, right? It's this pleasure for a season, for a season. You know, we can feel in our heart, I work hard, I deserve this. And then we have the enemy speaking to us, you really need this. I mean, that doesn't match anymore. How many might look around their house and look at the walls and say, I need to paint. That doesn't match anymore. Well, that's not in season anymore, if you could afford it. We look to the world in that way. You know, the culture we're raised in tells us to eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow we die. And I don't know if you remember the bumper sticker that used to say that. I don't know if you ever saw it here. But on the East Coast, there was a bumper sticker that used to see that, say that. Eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow you die. And it's like, what a lie from the pit of hell. I mean, what, what is true is we're going to die. <laughs> But eat, drink, and be merry. That's supposed to bring me happiness. There's another bumper sticker back then. I don't know if you've ever seen it here, but it was the one that said, he who dies with the most toys wins. Another lie in the East Coast, that was on the bumper stickers of the car. And you look at it and it's like, man, I used to believe that at one time in my life. But then I had an encounter with Messiah. And I saw it was all a lie. Because the world's passing away. And the lust of it, First John tells us, the lust of it is passing away. But he who does the will of the Father will abide forever. Well, I want to abide forever, so I need to do the will of God. And we sang that tonight. Let your kingdom come, let your will be done on the earth as it is in heaven, but more than on the earth, Lord, let it be done in my heart. Let it be in me, in my heart. Let my heart be an altar that burns with the fire of God. You know, day and night, night and day, let that incense arise from my heart. But I have to pursue him to have that and be that. We have to be with him. And as we heard tonight, he's more than willing. He wants to be with us. The love call is amazing to me because no one has ever called me like that. Right? Has anyone ever called you in that way? Knowing what we are by nature, and yet he still says, come to me. Come. I love you. I love you. Why do we keep 
drinking from the empty wells of this world. How many people have had it all and they were miserable or committed suicide? You know, back then, I remember when I did this, it was a lot of people, well-known Hollywood artists or singers just committing suicide. They had it all, but they were miserable, just miserable. First John 2, 15 through 17, I already alluded to this, but I'm going to read it. Do not love the world or the things of this world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away, and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God will abide forever. Jesus told us in Matthew 6.33 to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And that's what we should be pursuing as we are in this world. Pursue him. And again, we keep hearing that, right? He wants us to pursue him. Let him be your first love. Because reality, if we are the bride of Christ, we should be consumed with him. Think about when you got engaged. Who are you thinking about all the time when you first got engaged? And then when you set your wedding date and send out your invitations, what were you thinking about all the time? The wedding day, right? I know I was thinking about my wedding day. I'm gonna get married. How many of you would write down Mrs. Cologne before you got married, or Mrs. Dape, <laughs> or Mrs. De Benedict. <laughs> it's too long, I know. I think finally after 30 years, I know how to spell it right. <laughs> but how many of us would do that, right? I mean, we would just imagine the wedding day and just... How much more with Jesus that we're going to be with him for all of eternity? We sang that song on Sunday, Eternity. I will be yours, you will be mine. Together in eternity. Our hearts are going to be entwined together in eternity. We'll finally be one, one, one. Are you hungry for that? All this world has to offer you, the deceitfulness of riches will choke the life of God out of us if we're not careful. That's why we have to be intentional daily about being with him and getting in his word because this world will just choke the life of God out of us. Remember, we have an enemy. We have an enemy and he's relentless. He is relentless, trying to get us distracted by other things. First Peter 2, verse 11 and 12 says, um, Peter wrote to the church, Then, beloved, I beg you as sojourners and pilgrims, abstain, abstain from fleshly lusts, which war against the soul. So there's a war, an internal war going on in us. Having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles, the unsaved, that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may by your good works which they observe glorify God in the day of visitation. 
So that's something we have to be intentional to keep when we hear his voice calling us to come out, to be separate, to not touch the unclean thing. We see the signs of the times. I mean, Babylon, this whole system is going to be judged by God and it's going to come crumbling down one day. I've seen too much evidence when I went to Israel of different kingdoms that were like rose to the top, especially Rome, and they were all in ruin. And then they would build upon it and it was in ruin. And then they, another kingdom would build upon it and they were in ruins. And the thing that struck me was man's kingdom is just gonna crumble. Doesn't matter how much they try to erect it, it's coming down. But the only kingdom that will never crumble is God's kingdom. His kingdom is forever. So which kingdom do I wanna be a part of? Do you wanna be a part of? We have to look at that every day and make that choice. I have to make that choice every day and remind myself I'm a sojourner, I'm a pilgrim here. And I tell you, the older you get, the easier it gets because you realize how much time do I really have here on planet Earth left. Something happens after you hit 50 and forget about 60. <laughs> She's laughing. And I can't imagine my parents. My mom's 84 and my dad's 95. It's like, I, I, because already I, I tell my mom all the time, I think about leaving now and I'm 60s, in my 60s. But it's crumbling. It doesn't matter how old we are, it's crumbling. And it's happening fast. So where do we want to be found? Which fountain do we want to be drinking from? And lastly, the third empty well we drink from and you've heard this a few times i didn't realize this was the third point here but you've heard this a few times with jeff sharing just what we're seeing at the counseling center is busyness busyness running to and fro maybe caught up on the latest game on the ipad or back then spending hours on facebook this is an area that i've had to like take it off my phone get rid of it, then I got to put it back on for the bride business at the end of the month, and then I'm like taking it off again. I'm like, this is ridiculous. But I do see the Lord helping me. I'm not spending nearly as much time as I used to just. Anyone else? Oh my gosh, I spent three hours just. If you delete the app, that won't happen. I'm telling you, it's, it's good to delete it, you know, and if you don't have to put it on. But some of us do, so I put it on and then I take it off again. But hours, I mean, we could be busy doing that, which is really doing nothing. You know what I mean? Just not redeeming our time for the Lord. Or texting all day, friends and family. I know I used to get these texts that were like a notebook. And I'd be like, seriously, you expect me to read through this whole thing? Just pick up the phone and call me. <laughs> How many women did I tell that to? Pick up the phone and call me. Don't send me a 10-page text. Because again, it's like... <laughs> 
uh, or browsing the internet for hours. That's another way we stay busy. Searches. And then again, we lose track of time. And how do we feel inside after? Right? Empty. That's what I have. Empty inside, hollowed out. I just wasted all my time. On what? On nothing. On what? Maybe we do it because we're trying to drown out the voices in our mind. You know, some people, they just have to be busy or constantly talking to someone about something because they can't take the silence. Silence is hard for them. Or you have a TV playing in the background, too, for that reason. You know, just the silence, the mind just starts going. Or maybe trying to escape from some simple choices we just made. The Holy Spirit's pressing us and it's like, I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that. You know, Jesus calls us. And again, we heard this call and we've been hearing this call, Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 through 30. If we're busy, 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 doing, doing. And even you got to be careful with ministry. Not feel guilty to say no. God hasn't called you to do everything. You have to know where you're called to and put all your energy to what God has called you to do. If you're here, there, 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 you're all over the place. Busy, but not really accomplishing anything for the Lord. You have to know where your callings are and you don't feel guilty if there is a need that is ministry, but God tells you, no, I didn't call you to do that. That's not your calling. So why are you wanting to do that? To stay busy so you don't spend time with your husband or maybe your kids? These are things we have to look at and get honest with the Lord about Lord, I'm keeping myself busy because my conscience, I'm getting convicted or the voices. Why am I keeping myself so busy? Why don't I like sitting in silence, sitting at the feet of Jesus, just being still? There's something we have to look at, especially those that are prone to just just doing, 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 doing. Because again, we see that at the counseling center a lot. People are so busy, they don't even know how to get off the wheel. Remember the video we showed one Sunday service? We played that song, breathe, just breathe, breathe. And the hamster was running on the wheel. And it's like, how many people feel that way? Just get off the hamster wheel and breathe in, breathe in his presence. I mean, the heavenly air, it's there for us. But we've got to stop. We've got to be intentional. So Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30, Jesus calls and he keeps calling and calling. Come to me, all you who labor and you're heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He wants to give us rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and lowly in heart. And you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. 
And your purpose, my purpose, is to find rest in him, find rest for my soul, which is so important. And I don't have time to go through Mary and Martha, but Troy did a wonderful job from Luke 10, just talking about Martha was anxious and worried about many, many things, angry at her sister because she wasn't helping her, and she was serving Jesus. She was pouring out for Jesus. But yet Jesus told her, Mary chose the better part. She was sitting at his feet, listening to what he had to say. And I can't imagine what that must have been like as she sat down. Number one, sitting at the feet of Jesus, whenever someone sat down, it meant, I am your disciple. I want to learn. And looking up in his face at his eyes, what did she see? Martha was busy. But Jesus said, Mary chose the better part. James 4, verse 5, tells us, Do you think that the scriptures say in vain, the spirit who dwells in us yearns jealously? And he's jealous for you. He's jealous for me. He's jealous for us. So we have to choose, Lord, I'm going to stop drinking from these three empty wells. I'm going to stop looking to relationships to satisfy me or to fulfill me or make me happy or whatever it is I'm looking for in this relationship. I'm going to go to you because you have what I need. And only you can satisfy and fulfill that longing in my heart. Lord, I'm, I want to keep coming out every time I hear you calling me from this world to the point that when you call me to come home, nothing's holding me here. Nothing. No relationship is holding me here. Because you mean more to me than them. And I yearn to be with you. I long to be with you. So keep weaning me from this earth and everything it entails. So when the call comes for me, see ya. <laughs> I'm going. How many times I say that? I'm going. I'll see y'all in heaven. <laughs> and then lastly, be careful about busyness or just scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. They say sometimes keep your phone in another room. Don't bring it in the room with you or take fast it. You could fast it for a few hours. You could turn off all your notifications. It's up to you. If you like the bing, <laughs> bing, <laughs> bing, please stop with the ping already. <laughs> you can turn it off. You could turn off the pings and choose to look at it when you want to look at it and limit. That takes discipline. 
that takes a lot of self-control, but the Holy Spirit has been given to us to help us in that way. God has placed eternity in our hearts so that only he can fill that place with himself, but we've got to let him. I love this uh, Isaiah 55, verse 6 and 7. We open with Isaiah 55, and I'm going to close with it. He said, seek the Lord. And again, we heard this tonight. That's how I knew, okay, I'm not supposed to do my regular class. I'm supposed to do this talk if I have it on my tablet. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he's near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord and he will have mercy on him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. Again, the invitation has gone out to us tonight in the worship time, but how are we going to respond? Especially when we wake up tomorrow, you know, how are we going to respond? His promise to us, and we heard it tonight, and it's from Scripture, he said, listen carefully to me and eat what is good and your soul will delight itself in abundance incline your ear and come to me here and your soul shall live and i can't help but think we heard that tonight so this is his heart this is his heart for us and as women we need to run after him we really need to pursue him Lord, I'm so thankful that you spoke so clearly during the praise and worship time and just the different words that came forth, Lord. It was so clear what you were saying to us. And I thank you for even changing the class tonight. I didn't plan on speaking on this. I didn't even know if I still had this talk. And to see it was from 2016. God, thank you, Lord, that your Holy Spirit is, is truly calling us, wooing us, speaking to us, longing for us. God, help us. Help us to stop drinking from those broken cisterns that keep us empty and discouraged and disheartened and just, we just unfulfilled. Lord, help us to turn away from those things and turn to you and allow you to be who you want to be to us. Lord, we are your bride, and I pray just like we waited for our wedding day, those of us that are married in this room, we were crossing off the calendar and just writing out our married name and wondering what it would be like to be with our bridegroom. Lord, just make us lovesick for you in that yes. way. God, I pray this, Jesus. I pray there would be such an ache and such a longing in our hearts for you in that way, Lord, and that nothing else would satisfy us, Lord. May we take time to sit at your feet and not be caught up with the world or caught up in busyness lord i pray that the holy spirit will just help us to discipline this flesh of ours so that we will be ready for you when you come 
Lord, I pray this for every person in this room. I pray this for those listening online. Lord, I pray no one would be left behind. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen.